three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And folks, we've got a big, big show tonight. Another first for the No Outlet Podcast. New Market, New Hampshire. It's a hidden gem in the New New Hampshire Seacoast area. It's very close to Portsmouth, the beaches. It's home to a bunch of cool shops, unique buildings, sites, and some really outstanding dining establishments. And one of my favorite spots in town is a place called Savannah Kitchen. And if you have not tried it yet, I implore you to right now stop whatever you're doing, including listening to this podcast. Go make a reservation. you got to go check it out. They're located uh, right in the center of downtown in an old mill building. And it's got an amazing atmosphere that's equally matched by its super friendly staff and out-of-this-world food. We are lucky enough to have the owner and head chef live in the No Outlet podcast studio. So please give a warm No Outlet welcome to Chris Caddy from Savannah Kitchen. Chris, thanks for coming. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. All right, so we're going to play a game called 20 Questions, and 20 Questions always starts in the exact same place, and that's question number one. Okay, so somebody travels to the Seacoast area of New Hampshire for the first time, and they're interested in going to Savannah Kitchen, but they'd like for you to tell them about it. What do you tell them about Savannah Kitchen? All right, well, first of all, uh, Savannah Kitchen is... uh, is very unique to New England. It's a uh, it's a southern New Orleans Cajun and Creole concept, and uh, unfortunately, these kind of concepts, if they're outside of the South, are usually not very representative of of the actual food, the actual uh, cuisine, and they try to fake it, and we don't do that. Um, we've got we got the bases covered between. Uh, Vegetarian, meat, seafood, you name it, it's covered. And it's also, um, since it's southern, it makes it very easy to uh, to really lean into the gluten-free. Mm. Uh, because there's a lot of cornmeal, corn flour, and so our fryer is totally gluten-free. And it's a, it's, a very, it's a very unique concept with lots of cool food and some very cool craft cocktails. Yeah, no, 100%. And I'm a huge, I love going out to eat. And I got to tell you, I've been to a lot of places, and I've never been to a place like Savannah Kitchen. It's amazing. So are are you originally from the South? Is that where the concept came from? I mean, I when I was younger, I spent time in, uh, you know, I, I spent some time in growing up in, uh, in North Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, my, my original family uh, is from... Houston, Texas. Okay, um, but a lot of my my food knowledge about Southern and Cajun and New Orleans cuisine really comes from uh, uh, the first place that I worked that that offered this cuisine. I just fell in love with it. It's a mm. the cuisine is just deep, resonant, strong flavors. There's nothing foo foo about it. Um, it's just good, honest food, and yeah. I, I I just fell in love with that cuisine. That's great. So, why did you choose Newmarket? Combination of reasons. Uh, I was gonna. I came back from Seattle to Philadelphia, where I went to culinary school and wine school, and I had contacts there, uh, and I wanted to open up this con- concept in Philadelphia because it's it's very unique uh, outside of outside of Louisiana. It's it's fairly unique, and Philadelphia is is a great restaurant town. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, 
unfortunately, there's other things that aren't as you know as nice about Philadelphia as they are about Newmarket. But um, I had a couple bad days in Philadelphia, and I realized that um, if I opened a restaurant in Philadelphia, I would have to stay there forever. And I've been up here mm. in the area. My family is up here. My mom's up here. I've been up here visiting. And uh, I just remember looking at Portsmouth and thinking, what a great restaurant town. Yeah. And my mom's up here, and she's getting on in years, so I wanted to come up and and uh, help her out and also spend be able to see my sister and my nieces and my nephews. Sure, sure. So I, I gave up. I gave up uh, all the the investment money that my investors had going for a place in in Philadelphia and moved up here in the hope of uh, opening this concept up here and bringing this style of food into New England, which is there's there's actually really I mean there's little places to dabble here and there, but there's really nothing like this anywhere in New England. Well, I'm glad you chose Newmarket for sure. So you you mentioned food school and wine school. Are you a sommelier? No, no. I uh, I went to wine school just to round out my knowledge. I didn't want to become a sommelier, which is, that's a whole other oh, deep investment. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was, uh, it was important to, um, uh, to get the, the, the basic knowledge of food and wine compat- compatibility. Sure. 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 And, sure. Uh, yeah. you know, how, how things go together and new, and just seeing a new market itself. I ended up in new market itself after, after God, maybe six false starts on restaurants, uh, Below Portsmouth in Rochester and Dover, oh, wow. and Eric Chinberg actually reached out to me. We had a relationship, uh, sure, because I was bartending at uh, Cornerstone Restaurant in in Portsmouth. Yeah, and uh, and we had talked, and he reached out to me about this property, and he was part owner with someone else um, after the last place went out of business. And once I got a look at the restaurant, the old architecture, the the brick and mortar, beautiful. I mean, the old beams and everything else, and the town of Newmarket itself, which is just so cool. Yeah, um, it's is. just a great community. I was hooked. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's uh, that's so cool. I love to hear that. Um, all right, so the the idea of <clears throat> taking on the the starting of a new restaurant has a lot of different twists and turns to it. So, what are your thoughts? on the degree of difficulty and safety considerations involved when you're painting a 10-foot-high ceiling by yourself. <laughs> just just for the safety of the listening uh, audience. Well, <laughs> you obviously saw me on all my with all the casts and everything on. Um, yeah, actually I was a <laughs> the what I was painting was was about 15 Fifteen feet. And, pardon me. And and uh, <laughs> it's a long drop. Um, so I will say this: that no one should ever stand on top of an eight-foot ladder on top of the sticker that says "Don't stand on top of this ladder." <laughs> Turns out uh, there's a reason. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that was that. Luckily, that was it. <laughs> that uh, that uh, fall was at the end. Uh, I had ninety-nine percent of the restaurant done at that point, and my family yeah. came in and knocked out the rest of it. Thank God. Um, so yes, everything else was uh, everything else was a learning experience. Uh, I spent six months, and I, and this is because Eric Chinberg, who is a great landlord, he's got about you know actually I don't even know how many um, a ton of of mill buildings that yeah. he's redone in New Hampshire and Maine. And they do uh, good work. They do really good work. And 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 he he made it possible for me to get in at 
when COVID started, I was able to go in on my own for six months from like six in the morning to 11 o'clock at night for six months every day and fix this place up and rehab it and change everything inside and not hire expensive crews because of him. And uh, wow. I give him I give him a lot of credit. This place, this restaurant for me would not have happened without all the compromises that that he was able to, to give me. That's really cool to hear. I love to hear that. Now, and I did see you one, one day you were walking around with a cast. I asked you what happened and, and you told me, and I was like, ever since then I've had this vision of being in that moment and falling off that ladder and just being, and you know, the paint going everywhere. But the, <laughs> the end product folks, the, the, the restaurant looks amazing. It looks like a professional person painted it. So hats off to you. You, you, brought up the beginning of the restaurant and that's another thing that struck me was if i'm not mistaken if i am please correct me but i think you opened it while covid was happening yeah i opened uh october so everything kind of closed down around uh i think it was march april uh of 2020 and i was already in negotiations with eric chinberg okay so the the process had started before things got yeah yeah okay and uh i mean he 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 took over uh from a place that was called uh, poppers and hired a uh, brendan vesey who is a a vc who is a uh very very talented chef Mm -hmm. who has botanica in uh oh sure the gin bar yeah exactly yeah very talented chef um and he was the uh uh, general manager and chef, and but Eric and someone else were um, they were partners in it, and uh, you know just the way things go, you know he's he's kind of looking around to see you know see what was what, and we so we were we were in, and he reached out to me, we we're in negotiations. Then when this hat when everything closed down, um, it pushed negotiations into high gear, and uh, so I was you know he was very helpful in in letting me get in there for six months and and spend every day to you know, doing this to, to pull this off without hiring expensive yeah. crews and, and trying to, to work on a, a, a short timeline. That's really cool. So uh, aside from the wall that you painted, there's also this beautiful mural <clears throat> in the back. That when you walk in and turn to the left, and you guys, I, I can't say it enough, you got to go check this place out. It's amazing. And it says Savannah Kitchen, and there's a, a beautiful mural but it's an interesting mural because I'm trying to figure out the origination of the the different things in there. Can you help me ex- explain uh. <laughs> to me and the people listening what that mural represents? All right. Well, it's uh, the there's a woman, a beautiful woman, kind of looks like Angelina Jolie. Okay. Out of the Renaissance. Yeah. She's sitting on top of a pearl inside a giant opalescent blue green oyster. <laughs> that's, that's right. And in her hand, she's you know her hand is raised and she's holding a. Uh, a, a champagne bottle with champagne bubbling out. That's Originally, right. it, and I, I, what I was looking for was this iconic figure that represented things that I liked. And so, so originally, it's, it's oysters, from, it's women, oysters, alcohol. oysters, women, and champagne. <laughs> yes, yes, that that kind of encompasses. That's a very, a very basic, straightforward of yeah, yeah. version of what I like. Yes. I like it, uh, but I mean uh, that wasn't the impetus. Uh, I was trying to get something iconic and they covered the bases it was just kind of cool and this was a originally it was a, a picture called the midday a painting i believe called the midday mm-hmm. uh, and it was this beautiful woman sitting on this marble bench uh with this trellis behind her and hummingbirds in there she's holding a dove in her hand and i cut her out of the picture and got rid of the dove 
stuck a champagne bottle in her hand and I love put her it. on top of an oyster. And, and champagne women and oysters, there is nothing wrong with any of that. That's a good combo. Yeah. That's and a good nothing, combo. And everybody comes in, they're like, is that Angelina Jolie? <laughs> is that Savannah? It's like, well, it could be any of those things. Who do things. you want it to be? Yeah, it's, yeah, it could be any of those things. <laughs> it's just kind of neat. And I had a, a great, uh, um, actually, uh, uh, Petrus, uh, a guy who uh, he's, he's got Iron Wolf um, uh, uh, Ironworks. Okay, uh, yeah. He's an artist, and he uh, he did my uh, all the, uh, the the stainless steel lettering, and he and he powder coated with different colors and and baked them, and it's got the the Savannah Kitchen on either side of that, yeah. And stainless steel sticking out from the wall. Really, he really put it over the top. He was he was great. Looks uh, great. Uh, so what was the first restaurant? I know you mentioned a restaurant you worked at that served the type of food that inspired you to open Savannah Kitchen. But what was the flat-out first restaurant you ever worked at of any kind? Wow. The <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, I, I worked at McDonald's, uh, I think, when I was 14 years old. Yep. Because the girl... That we talked about earlier sure. <laughs> was she worked there, and I was so smitten that I wanted to, you know, get as close to her as possible. Two days after I got hired, she quit, <laughs> <laughs> and then I and then I I went into the McDonald's world. That didn't last long, uh, but uh, from there I went through the uh, next restaurant. I went to I actually went to a restaurant, uh, and I started as a dishwasher in the back of the house. And over the yeah. years, I ended up going from dishwasher, doing every single position uh, in the back of the house, all the way up to yep. chef. And in the front of the house, I went, did uh, I was a busboy, and then did every position, single position, up wow. to general manager. So the good thing is, my employees, I don't ask them to do anything that I don't know about or haven't done, or things that they shouldn't have to do. Yeah. I dig that. That's really cool. The, the second part of that question was, did you learn anything at that job? And it could be either McDonald's or the next place that, you know, you still kind of understand and utilize today. You know, honestly, the first, the very first job and, and in many jobs afterwards. Yep. One of the main things I learned is how, how to treat your employees. Oh, amen. Um, and that maybe, maybe one of the, maybe the biggest thing yeah. I ever learned is, is, uh, uh, the way managers and owners uh, either mistreat or really don't aren't aware of how to interact with people that keep them in business. Yeah, that, that, that you're and, so and, right, and that's a huge thing. And, and honestly, over the years, um, I just clocked everything. Uh, you know, a, a good manager, or a good owner would do, and I'd say, well, that that makes sense. I'm going to do that, and. And a bad manager, a bad owner, I, w- I would say, well, you know, I'm never going to do that to my employees. Mm-hmm. And it's served me well because I, my employees are very loyal. They're, you know, my employees, I work for them. They are, they are the, the bread and butter of the business. And they are amazing. And I am so grateful to have them. But you have to constantly uh, reevaluate how you treat people how you talk to people how you uh, interact with people and that's not just you that's everyone yeah. under you that is in a position of authority that deals with employees and that's a you know it's a constant thing and uh, I, I think we've we've pulled that off and, and that may be one of 
if not the most important thing as far as employee relations. Uh, you know what? First of all, you're right. Secondly, a lot of people have lost sight of how important it really is. And, you know, one of the things that I love most about your restaurant is the energy. <clears throat> the minute you walk in there, you feel welcome. You feel like it's a party. You feel like it's fun, but it's relaxed. And it's because the people that are working there, <clears throat> pardon me, the people that are working there are all look like they're having a good time. It's an open kitchen. So it's, it's an amazing bar, guys. It's a big, huge bar and you can see the kitchen, everybody cooking and everybody that's working there is smiling. The bartenders are always great. The chefs are always in a good mood. And, and that's not by accident. But my, and, and before you even mention the part about employee relations, my question was, from your perspective, you know, how do you cultivate energy? Because you can be the best chef, you can buy the best food, you can make the best cocktails. But if there's no soul, if there's no feeling to a restaurant when you walk in or if it feels dead or if it feels cold, it's tough to really enjoy yourself and, and you're not going to want to come back. So how do, how do you approach that part of being a restaurateur? Well, first of all, I'm I'm pretty excited about food and liquor, <laughs> and okay. uh, I mean I am whether yep. it's yep. whether I'm cooking it, whether I'm eating it, drinking it, whatever. And that and if you don't have that to have that energy and have that interest and have that excitement uh, genuinely, then you're the the people that you're trying to pass that on to aren't going to have it either. Yeah, um, yeah. and, and it's uh, it's also it 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 really comes from a lot of interaction with the employees and in a positive way. Yep. Whenever I come into the restaurant, I say hi to every single person. Whenever I leave, I say goodbye to every person. Ask them how they're doing. These people are are working incredibly hard. They're putting up, and you know, especially with the pandemic and everything else, there's a lot of there's a lot of interactions that are not. They're not super positive with the public. Uh, yep, yep. And one of the things that I tell all my employees, anybody I'm hiring that I have got their back, that the customer is not always right. Uh, and that's just a fact. Whoever is right is right. That's right. And I tell all of them that no matter what, I have 100% got their back over anyone who is wrong, not necessarily a customer, maybe a coworker, whatever it is. Yep. Um, and it's also you have to just keep a high level of interest in what you're doing and pass it on to the people you work with. You have to make them make – I mean you have to make it interesting enough so that they get excited. And I don't mean like fake interesting where, right. you know, hey, team. You know, you have to honestly talk to them like adults, treat yeah. them like adults and tell them why you're doing things and why why we – we want the customer to feel this way sure. and why we should interact a certain way. Yeah, I love that. That's great. All right, we're going to switch it up a little bit. This is a two-part question. Beatles or Rolling Stones? Beatles. Okay. Second part, who was your favorite Beatle and why? I think McCartney. Okay. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's just a nice guy. Yeah. Number one, yeah, but yeah. Uh, he's had such a, a a great career after the Beatles. Yeah, uh, I mean, doing doing Wings was amazing. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, just doing some some cool. Music. I I was just on the way on the way here. Actually, on the way to my restaurant today, I was listening to a live performance of him doing uh, "Live and Let Die." Yeah, and it was just it was just so well done, and a long time ago, right? And uh, but he's just uh, yeah, he's 
He's, I mean, these, all these guys are just so talented. Trying oh my to pick God. one is hard, but but McCartney's McCartney's pretty cool. McCartney's pretty cool, and he was so far ahead. So nowadays in pop music, a big thing is to do a duet with somebody, right? Like all the rappers do songs with people. Elton John is doing songs with Dua Lupa, and I could go on and on. He was so far ahead of that idea. He was doing songs with Michael Jackson, oh, yeah. Stevie Wonder. Like he understood the you know the the magic that can come from collaboration. Uh, so I like that answer. The Beatles and Paul, that's a good one. All right, so back to art inside the restaurant. You have a lot of very interesting art, and I was so intrigued by the artist, Will Bullis. You'll actually notice one right oh, there. Oh, I didn't even see that. Uh, <laughs> I had to great. get one for myself, and I wanted to get one that wasn't in your restaurant. Yeah, yeah, so no, that that's I was I was eyeing that one. I almost got that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what can you tell the audience about why you chose... Uh, Will Bullis to adorn your walls. Well, Will Bullis is a fine artist, um, and uh, 99% of what he does is uh, animals, uh, uh, and a lot of what he does is animals in in human situations, drinking and eating in bars and restaurants. And they're really, they're really well, well done. This is not, uh, it's not dogs playing poker. No, it's not uh, level but by any means. Um, <laughs> And I always got a kick out of of those kinds of pictures, and 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 then I read that the people just feel better around pictures of animals, oh, which makes sense. I mean, you know, yeah. I see hell. I, I mean, I see a puppy, and I'm just like immediately like you know, I feel bad. I don't want to go touch Pick the puppy, and yeah. you know. Uh, but they're all they're very clever. Uh, they're very well done. They're fine art, jiggly prints. Uh, covering God, I mean, all the base. There's, there's chimpanzees, and I mean, there's a at the bar. There's the the uh, along the bar area. There's the uh, what is it? The crow bar. Yeah, the yeah. Bunch of crows, and then there's the long neck bar with uh, I think ostriches Giraffe and giraffes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then there's a couple of gorillas. You can tell that the it's a husband and wife, and they're fighting at the bar. <laughs> I mean, that never just, happens. It's just kind of cool. And once I once actually honestly once I and I knew what I was looking for. Once I found. <laughs> This guy and his artwork, I was like, "That's it. Yeah, that's all. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's and it's it's just it's just fun. So the whole idea of this place, it's it's we're serious about food, liquor, and service. Everything else is just plain fun. Yeah, the, the music, uh, you know, the the atmosphere, the the you know the the, the the art, everything. It's not supposed to be stuffy at all. No, it's supposed we're supposed to have fun." Mission accomplished. It feels great in there. And, and uh, you know, so I bought this. And, guys, you can go to art.com and check out all the Will Bullis stuff. And even better, you can go to Savannah Kitchen and see it live. But I bought one piece, and I had a bunch of friends over for poker uh, a few weeks ago. And we're talking about, like, grown men, you know, 50-plus-year-old men. And for and I've got a lot of stuff up on the wall here. And the one thing they kept gravitating to was that picture. I had people <laughs> taking pictures of it. Where do you get it? How do I buy one? So uh, another Well, that good means reason. they have excellent taste. That's <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, what chef has been uh, an inspiration to you, either famous or not? Mm, I'd have to say, honestly, the uh, the most inspirational chef that I dealt with was Jan Birnbaum. Oh, okay. Uh, he was uh, the chef at uh, uh, Sazerac Restaurant in Seattle. Okay, and uh, he. Uh, he actually he used to be the chef at uh, K Paul's Paul Prudhomme's place in in uh, in, in New Orleans, and he op- he had a, a Catahoula restaurant in um, Sonoma, 
And then he came up to uh, Seattle, and uh, he was part of the Kimpton Group and opened a restaurant in the Kimpton Hotel um, when they built it, right at the, the beginning, sure. uh, called Sazrak. And uh, his his uh, commitment to uh, perfection and really just deep, resonant, strong flavors mm. um, really struck a chord with me. And that was just... That was, uh, and I had already been involved and in, you know interested and and had been with chefs that were you know southern and, and New Orleans, but he took it to the next level. Yeah, and so I would I would I would be in there uh, with uh, his sous chef um, on my own time. Wow, learning the sauces, the stocks, how he's doing this and that, everything, and just uh, soaking it all up. Uh, it was yeah. just it was great. It was a, an invaluable, invaluable education. I was just. I was so grateful that they let me come in. I mean, I was, you know, I was free labor. You know, it was yeah. a win-win for them, you know. But it was just really outstanding. I mean, when I went down to New Orleans, eating at, you know, Paul Prudhomme's, K. Paul, uh, or, uh, and, and Commander's Palace, and Emeralds, and everything else, and Brennan's, mm-hmm. and that, that was great. But but as far as a real influence, that was probably the, the biggest one for this, for this style of food. The other one was... Uh, uh, actually, uh, uh, French cuisine was uh, uh, mm. uh, George Perrier okay. uh, in Philadelphia. Lebec Finn was one of the top 50 restaurants in the world for almost 50 years. And, I mean, just incredible, incredible food. And yeah. I am so jealous. Every time I used to taste his sauces, I would, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty good in the kitchen, but... Uh, I was just so jealous. I could never, ever, ever... How'd you do that? ...ever pull that off. I have no idea. It was just amazing. Yeah. And that, when you taste stuff like that, and you just try to figure out how the hell do they make something taste so good, right. that just makes you want to learn more. That's exactly right, right? Uh, and that goes for anything. So from the time that you first opened and rolled out the first Savannah Kitchen menu to now, how much has the offering changed? Is it pretty much very the same? Yeah, very, very little. Okay. I mean, I, I spent... Shit, twenty. Excuse me. <laughs> Gosh, t- ten years um, uh, cultivating this this concept and the menu wow. and redoing the menu. I probably rehashed the menu over a thousand times um, and no just trying trying to make sure that it would work. Uh, crossover items, ingredient items, uh, so we don't have this huge inventory. Trying to make sure the concept, everything was within the concept. Yep. Yep. Um, and it, it was it was it was a long time coming. Once I looked at the space and I realized how small the kitchen was, there was a few tweaks for sure yeah. that to make to make things easier for the kitchen to handle. Um, but this was a, a this was a long time coming. This was uh, years and years of uh, of of studying the, the the style of food the concept working with chefs refining and then it. refining it yeah. over and honestly over and over to the point where i really you know i just overdid it too much mm. but then later on i thought well it's not too much because that's what i ended up with no absolutely is not too much it's just right the way that it is what would you consider the signature dish at savannah kitchen I know that's a tough question. It's actually that's an easy one. Okay, uh, no, good. it's got to be the shrimp and grits. Okay, uh, I mean, the, the, there's there's some complex dishes in there uh, as well. I mean, the shrimp and grits are. Uh, I mean, we use big U12 
you know, 12 to a pound jumbo shrimp. Oh, yeah. And uh, we hit that. We have our, our house made Cajun seasoning. Yep. We sear them off and. Uh, and then we use a uh, uh, holy trinity, you know, uh, celery, peppers, and onions. Oh, it's so good! And roasted garlic, and roasted tomatoes, and roasted chicken stock, and uh, we reduce this down, and that's over soft and sexy grits. It's this umami bomb um, that is just. And I've had all these people, all these people from the South, New Orleans, North Carolina, Georgia, everyone. And I tell they come in like, well, we're from the south. I'm like, well, you have to get the shrimp and grits because it'll change your life. <laughs> and they're all skeptical because right. we're in the north. Exactly. And I, I tell every single one that if this isn't the best shrimp and grits you've ever had in your life, I'll buy it. Every time I go back to the table, I ask if I'm buying dinner, and they say, nope, we are paying for it. And that is that's encouraging yeah. because these people know their stuff. That's right. And that's. Uh, yeah, so that I mean, the shrimp and grits is just—it's really outstanding. The um, the Creole braised pork shoulder made with two bottles of Cabernet, two two pots Whoa. of coffee, and and a nine-hour braise for the sauce. It, oh, that's another umami out. bomb. It's a it's an upscale uh, uh, kind of bastardized uh, uh, red eye gravy. Yep. Uh, but there there's some there's some cool. But you know, honestly, the shrimp and grits is a star. I love it. That's great. Uh, what are your thoughts on karaoke becoming an Olympic event? No, <laughs> that's a negative from no, Chris. No, I, I mean I have very strong feelings because the last time I had too many Jägermeisters, four friends and I that were uh, captains at the time, dressed in tuxedos, saying, "I am woman by Helen Reddy," and decided to <laughs> wrestle on stage afterwards. And and after that, I art. promised myself I would neither. Uh, Involve myself or watch karaoke in any way. Well, you know what? You got to know when to say when. <laughs> oh, that you was, went out on top. Oh, that was. I I you don't know? think that was on top. I don't think that was on top at all. Well, when you can involve wrestling and uniforms, <laughs> I, I mean, it was. I was, I was on the bottom. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they were bigger than me. Um. So I just had folks. I, he came over and it was so nice. He brought me some fried alligator. I've tried a lot of different types of food. I had never tried alligator before. And let me tell you something. It was amazing. It really was. So my question to you, Chris, is what's the most interesting animal that you've ever tried? Mm. Does that TV show Andrew Zimmerman and eats those all the crazy food from around the world? And some of the stuff that he tries, like the poisonous fish from Japan, I'm just like, I would never try that. But I... I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Okay. It's the, uh, some of the, I mean, most interesting... Not the best. No, that's fine. Yeah, the most not the best stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, I've had, I, I've always had a good relationship wherever I go. I, I usually end up talking to the chef and and becoming a regular. And there was a sushi place in Seattle where where the chef was so proud of his marinated fish guts. And uh, <laughs> God that's, knows that's worth being proud of. God knows how. I mean, thank God. I, I, I had a bunch of sakis beforehand, and that's the only way I kept it down. Um, there's uh, as far as the interesting, uh, like have you ever had something crazy like monkey or something outrageous like no, that? Or no, giraffe I, or... I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, all of the, I have no problem with stuff like, you know, rabbit or yep, yep. you know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll eat whatever. I mean, I would never, I would never like monkey brains or a mammal like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I that's know. a step I, beyond. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. A, that's a, that's a bridge too far. I am with you. Um, 
I'm trying to think. Uh, the, the, probably the best interesting thing I ever had was there you go. was sitting in a bear claw tub with my girlfriend at the Pierre Hotel in New York and having the uh, uh, the room service guy bring us in uh, beluga caviar and uh, uh, champagne that actually uh, in a silver tray that went over the bear claw trub, <laughs> tub and, and raw oysters so we put beluga caviar and, and, and we got a side of chilled Stolichnaya vodka so that we could add vodka to the Oysters and put caviar on top of oh, that decadent. while drinking Louis Roder Cristal yeah. at the Four Seasons. And the only reason we did that was because we worked for Four Seasons at the time, and we got half off on food and liquor. got to do it. And after we left that, we went back to our one-bedroom <laughs> hovel in uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, but it was a, that, was, that was really cool for, you know, a night. I love the specificity <laughs> of that answer. I really did, I did not expect that level of detail, and I really appreciate it. Um, what, and if you don't, if this doesn't apply to you, I have a secondary alternate question. But what TV show are you watching right now? And if you're not watching TV, that's fine. I can ask you the more academic question of what book are you reading now? And if it's neither one, tell me what your favorite movie is. Uh, I'm making it easy for you. I, honestly, last night I was watching Bob's Burgers. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I think before that it was Rick and Morty. Oh, Rick and Morty. I'm telling you. <laughs> My girlfriend hates the fact that I watch a cartoon as a grown man, but that cartoon is worth All watching. All women hate that. All women hate All cartoons. All women hate that. We are ch- we're <clears throat> yeah. children at heart. Yep. Um, before that, I read a book a day since I was in fifth grade. No way. Yeah. Until I started this restaurant. Okay. Because uh, you I, don't have time. No, I have yeah. no time. Uh, and I mean, I I am a a rabid a book uh, a day rabid is a reader. pace. I mean, uh, honestly, if, if I broke it out, it'd probably be a Work out to like five and a half books a week. Yep, yep, um, yep. I got but gotcha. I mean, it, uh, it's it's an escape, and it's just it, it's it's interesting. I love books. I love that's so cool. I love finding new authors, especially funny authors. Yeah. Um, but those days, apparently, with with this restaurant, those days are gone. Uh, so so I can I get home and I can manage like you know maybe a, a Rick and Morty and a and a Bob's Burgers before I pass out That's and perfect. get up to do it again. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, so Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore is a national landmark, and there's four presidents. And a question I like to ask on the show is, what is your Mount Rushmore of blank? And usually the blank is the field of, you know, study, or in this case, you know, your restaurant. So my question to you is, name your Mount Rushmore of reasons why people should go to Savannah Kitchen. So four reasons. Okay. First of all, cool food. Love that. Innovative food that is not what you're going to find anywhere else. Uh, second, really cool specialty cocktails. Um, Agree. I pulled the I pulled the best stuff from my career and then adapted it, upgraded it, and added a couple extra things. Um, Third is the 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 atmosphere, the ambiance, uh, yes. the, the the colors, the painting, the mural, the the whole idea. You know, the 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 cool thing is what I had to work with in that place was just these beautiful old brick and stone and huge beams because it's from the from the eighteen hundred. This mill building, maybe maybe the seventeen hundreds. Jeez, I don't, I'm not even sure. Yeah, one a long time ago, um, and and. 
then my staff. My staff pulls it all together. They're uh, they're dedicated. They're helpful. They're they're actually they actually enjoy their job, and people notice that. And that's one of yeah. the things that I hear all the time, all the time that that they were so helpful. They're so friendly. They're so knowledgeable, and that they they seem to genuinely care, which is sort of you know gone by the wayside in a lot of places. One hundred percent agree. And, and guys, the the top shelf alcohol selection there is on point. Like every time I go, I see something else that a lot of other places won't stock. So um, if you like enjoy- what? I'm curious. So <laughs> you, you've got not only do you have the Casamigos Reposado, but you've got Casamigos uh, Añejo, I believe, as well. At least you did last time I was well, in. Well, I've got the Casamigos <clears throat> Añejo, and i got the Casamigos Mezcal. Mezcal. And that's the Mezcal the one. is that's a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. That is... Casamigos does a great job. I mean, normally when you go into a place, and this is no knock against any bar managers, but when you go into a place and ask what the tequilas are, it's, I got Patron, I got Cuervo, I got Hornitos. And look, I'll, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not going to drink Hornitos because I will. But if there's uh, Casamigos Añejo on the shelf, I'm going to be drinking that instead. Yeah. So. No, I tried, I tried to buck up the, uh, the tequila selection and the bourbon selection. Uh, yeah. Bourbon because it's a southern concept. Um, plus, I like bourbon. Yep. Uh, well, Basil Hayden's the other one I always get there. Basil Hayden is yeah. a beautiful thing. Such a nice uh, drink. Ba- you know what? That, I used to drink Basil Hayden instead of cognac in a snifter after dinner. I mean, yeah. forever ago. Uh, smooth. And, oh, it's a beautiful thing. Super smooth. All right. Well, believe it or not, we are down to our last two questions. The last question is going to be the easiest one. I guarantee it. So second to last question, what is your thought? Because I can see you, Food Network, right? Food Network has gone from, you know, something with Barefoot Contessa and, you know, maybe another show to now it's like 24-7, so many different hosts and, and concepts. And I can actually see you being on a show on Food Network, but I wanted to get your thoughts on celebrity chefs in general. Um, I'm not going to name any of them specifically, but, you know, being a chef is is a craft that comes from passion you talked about earlier love for food love for doing a good job and 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 presenting you know something that you've taken time to create and and my, my girlfriend's going to hate this part of the show she's a big time addict to food network um and i and i do watch it but i sometimes get the feeling when i'm watching some of it that it just you're taking something that's such a soulful piece of somebody's life and you're reducing it down to something that is less than what it should be. A soundbite. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Almost like you're reducing, you're stripping away all the stuff that I like, and you're bringing it down to an antiseptic version of what it could be. But, I, but I'm not trying to lead the witness here, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Well, you're leading the right direction. Okay, good. I, I, I have a very hard time watching that stuff. Okay. Um, I really do. Uh, a lot of, especially the, you know, I, one thing I enjoy is just straight cooking shows where they are just, they're just rapid fire telling you how they're doing stuff in a process. Like Iron the, Chef type thing? No, 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 no. Like, not even. No, no, no. Not even, not even that. Uh, like, uh, I, I believe it or not, Gordon Ramsay, of all people. Okay. Of all, of all people, actually has, you'll find it on YouTube. Where he just he's alone in the kitchen. He's not badgering anyone. Yep. Not talking down to anyone. Not degrading anyone. He's just cooking really good food and explaining it. Yep. And that's that's the only time that my 
<laughs> my my thoughts on on Gordon Ramsay increase. <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 you know, the, there's there's so much. You know, the, basically all these these things they've turned. You know, they turn it into a reality show. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's for the public masses, yep. and uh, and and that's great for what it is. Personally, I have a hard. I mean, when I see the. Uh, the restaurant rescues or all of that stuff where they're yep. they're they're and, it, and it's 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 they turn fixing a restaurant into a show with all of these sideshows and and the guy becomes a psychologist and he has people out in the field throwing you know bottles at something they hate mm-hmm. that was in the kitchen it makes no sense i had i actually had a business uh i had a consulting business fixing broken restaurants okay yeah as right. a culinary consultants and that was it's very straightforward. Go right. in. What I did was I worked with. Uh, you didn't find yourself in a field throwing no, things around. No, no, there was there was no. We weren't. We weren't. Uh, there was no. You know, sit downs where I pretended to be a psychologist and and make everyone love each other. Uh, it, it was it was usually uh, it was mostly single site restaurants. Well, actually, it was all single site restaurants, single owners. Yeah. And after the first couple lawyers and. Um, Dentists, um, I actually started dealing just with um, families that were immigrants that had that fed their mm. whole family and supported their whole family just with this restaurant, but wow. really didn't get what was going on and why they weren't being successful. So I would go in and work out a uh, plan with the food, the menu, the concept, basic, uh, uh, inexpensive. Um, uh, changes to the decor, you know, just not not almost you know, where, like they, where cultural... they wouldn't have to. They wouldn't have to. They're already struggling, so they wouldn't have to put yep. all this money in, right? Um, and and teach them about how food costs work and how liquor costs work and how mm. uh, smart marketing works, where they're not spending all this money. And that was so rewarding because not only are you helping, you know, the restaurant be successful. But it's their whole family, and usually yeah. the you know all the different immigrants would have you know their whole family you know worked there, and they that was their only source that of was it. income. If that went <clears throat> under, then they were you know everybody was out of a job, right? Um, and that was honestly that was the most probably the most rewarding thing I ever did. That's pretty cool. I love that. Um, all right, down to the last question: um, How can people find out more about Savannah Kitchen? Where can they find you online? How can they make reservations? What are your hours? Uh, tell these folks uh, how to find your amazing establishment. All right. Um, hours are, we open every day at 4 o'clock from 4 to 6 every single day, seven days a week. There's a happy hour, and that includes buck shuck oyster happy hour. Wow. Great oysters. My We were using just Wellfleet oysters, uh, which are, and my, my qualifications for oysters are, Clean, small, briny, and salty. There you go. Um, and uh, now we're with it. There's a little thing going on with the oysters because they kind of take they take about two years to mature. So two years ago, the pandemic started. Oh, so the seeding kind of there was a lull, and we're feeling that now. Wow, and isn't that some, wild? And there's some other issues apparently with storms or whatever. Uh, yep. But so we're hunting around. But no matter what, we always have the the clean, small, salty, briny. Um, as far as finding us, uh, SavannahKitchenNewMarket.com is the website. There you go. On the contact page, there's a uh, link to reservation, the reservation website, which 
We're a 58-seat restaurant. We're yep. small. Yep. Um, and I highly recommend everybody, any day, making a reservation because we turn people away on Mondays. Yeah. Um, we turn people away on Saturdays. We turn people away every day. Um, if you get lucky, you can slip in. But I hate turning people away. And you can also, which most people don't do, you can also put the, in the notes that you want a seat at the bar. You can actually reserve the bar. Yeah. Which is it. Because I never make it past the bar. Ever. That's my I mean, favorite unless, place to sit. No, unless I'm on a yeah. date and I, I haven't made it past the bar in quite a few years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I love sitting at the bar. And, and even though it, you know, 58 seats sound small, it, it, I think it's got the best bar in Newmarket. I think it's the biggest bar. Um, and it's just such a great place. Guys, go check it out. Uh, you can tell I'm a big fan. Um, thank you so much for being on the show, Chris. Thanks for really having appreciate me. appreciate it. The crowd here is on their feet. Um, guys, go check it out. And hope you have a great night, Chris. Thanks again. Thank you. Take care.